Well, good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to another edition of This Week in the Bush League, hosted by the Chief and the Champ. I'm the Chief, and I think the Padres think this may be the last World Series because they're trained for everyone. Yeah, I like that. And I am the Champ, and in 2017, at Foley's Bar in New York City, I met an Atlanta Braves scout that I talked to. Oh, you did? All right. I did. I did. Um, you know, um, it was uh, midday drinking, which I, I kind of like the, uh, the best. I, I heard the guy talking, and, you know, Foley's is, was, because I think they actually closed now, was a big bar on 30, 33rd, 34th Street in, okay. in New York, right near uh, um, uh, the Empire State Building. Yeah. And um, so, you know, we got into a discussion just talking baseball, that type of thing. And I had asked him, I said, okay, Atlanta Braves 2017. I said, this is going to sound silly, but I'm in a fantasy baseball league, and I've been in a fantasy baseball league for 30 years. If you Could you give me one name that nobody's really heard about that's going to be the next star for Atlanta Braves? And you know what he told me? Who? He said, uh, he said Max Fried. Max Fried. Max right. Fried, yep. Well, did he, did he scout him, or did he just he – No, just no, but okay. he was he, – Actually, I think his the title was special assist, special assistant, um, some something along those lines. But uh, yeah, it was it was good discussing it because you know when you listen in the kind of people's conversations, you can kind of get a feel whether they know the game or whether they don't. And I'm sure he got the feel that I knew nothing about the game. But um, <laughs> it, yeah, I, you know, I just kind of wormed my way into uh, talking to him, and uh, yeah, it was good. It was good. So, so he, you're thinking the Padres? Uh, you like the Padres? Well. I mean, they made two pretty big trades today and one yesterday. Or I guess, yeah, two today, one yesterday. They they picked up Mitch Moreland, right? Yeah. Mitch Moreland from the Red Sox. And then they picked uh, Austin Nola. And then they picked up Mike Clevenger along with a couple other players. So, um, man, you're talking about adding some depth to your offense, which I feel like they have a pretty good offense. I don't even know where Nola – I guess Nola actually might even be their catcher. Um, you're going to pick up Mitch Moreland, who's a first baseman DH, and then you add Mike Clevenger. That's a nice little addition for five weeks left in the season. Yeah, you, you know what? The, there must be something going on behind the scenes between Mike Clevenger and, and the Indians besides breaking curfew, if, if you will. Uh, I'll call it a curfew. Just because, you know, this guy is a top 20 talent. And I, I know he's in the notes to talk about later in, in, in our show. But um, I, I, don't you think there's something else behind that? Because I can't believe that you would give up that quickly on such a talent. And the players, you know, cost controlled for the next couple of years. Yeah, and you almost feel like, uh, like I get the Kluber thing. They didn't want to pay him for that long, probably, for that kind of money, and they maybe thought, like, he was, you know, the Kluber was probably beginning of the end. They had the, yes. I felt like they they broke up with Trevor Bauer. Like, it wasn't a, a amicable split. They, and then you have the Plasic being sent home, Clevenger being sent home. Now they're trading Clevenger. Like you think, like can they not get along with their pitchers? What's what's going on? And, and, and you know they actually have some good young pitching. And if you look at their record, they're like twenty-one and twelve, twenty-one and thirteen. So they are they are significantly in, in the playoff hunt. And this is a team that does not spend um, a lot of money, um, much to the chagrin. Because I, I, you know, I I thought with that pitching in you know, the last couple of years. They were pretty close if they could have added, you know, some some significant bats. Um, you know, significant meaning more than Fran Mill Reyes. Yeah, and and uh, you know, you 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 give up Clevenger and Plasek, and I'm just not talking about this season. I mean, these guys are young. I, I mean, usually don't trade young good pitching. That's usually not the formula to win. <laughs> So, so I, I'd have to ask you, and, and I've kind of got lost between um, reality and fiction, fiction being out-of-the-park baseball that I'm playing and, and this real world, but um, isn't Francisco Lindor, he, he did not re-sign with them, cor- correct? He's still going to be a free agent at the end of this year. Uh, yeah, I think he might be a free agent, if not yeah. next year's his last year, but I, I'm – I'm surprised he wasn't traded. Maybe because they actually are in this thing, that 
that they haven't traded him. Uh, of course, is today the last day? Today's the last day of the trade deadline. So, yeah, yeah, we'll we'll see by the end of the by the end of the night. Um, yeah, he signed through 2020s. Got arbitration eligible next year. So he's arbitration, oh, arbitration eligible. eligible. Yeah. Okay. So you, well, yeah. you still get him for a decent nickel, but you're not. You know, you could get him for a year. I, I want to say that this past arbitration year, he actually had the highest arbitration award um, of any player thus far. I mean, he's, have you, you've seen him play, right? He's a oh, great yeah. player. He's Man, a, I, I would yeah. love to have him on my team. Good yeah. gosh. Especially as a shortstop. And he's 26 yeah. years old right now. So he makes $17.5 million. So, um, yeah. And, and, and they were talking about dealing him just to get something before he walked, right? Okay. That's, that's normally what you do. But to, to trade a good pitcher like Clevenger is a little uh, little odd. The only other thing about the Padres, I feel like their hitting is pretty solid. Um, I don't know what they do with with Mitch Moreland. Like, he can't play the outfield. I, I, I think I think the, the idea right now for this year, obviously, is to – DH him, and you wonder um, if you know they have a lot of moving parts. If if Fam were not injured, could, would would they be able to do all that? But I, I think they're going to predominantly use Moreland as as DH, which which makes makes some sense, right? And and you're right, they they do have a a great offense, and and, and my guess is is kind of the key to this whole offense is um, is Myers. Um, you know, if he can have a really good year, that that that's that's a really potent offense. And then if Eric Cosmer can just, you know, just be uh, a, a, an average um, player, um, they'll be fine because uh, Machado and um, Tatis are, are are great players. And and Will Myers is having a great year. I mean, he's hitting two ninety four. He's got eight homers, twenty four RBIs. Um, yeah, he he's having a really good year. He he's had some rough years the past the past couple where he's dipped into the two twenties. Um, but yeah, I guess with that Tommy Pham injury, that yeah, they they have more room. But I, I guess the odd man out at this point is Jerickson Profar. Uh, he's he's only hitting two oh six. He played in most of the games, but this Jay Cronworth is playing second base. Have you seen him play? Um, say again the name. Jake Cronworth. Um, I have not seen him play. Um, I know that this year, you know, he, he he's done. He's he's been a decent player, but I haven't seen him. Isn't he? He's a little bit older, right? Isn't he? Twenty seven, well, twenty eight years old. Well, he's hitting three sixty one right now, <laughs> so he he's having a really good year. No, I think he's kind of young. I'm looking at him now. Of course, the page I opened up to doesn't have his age. I feel like every twenty six. He's twenty six. Twenty six. Okay. He's twenty six. Yeah. So uh, yeah, he's a good he's a good little hitter. I call him little. He's probably six foot, but um, yeah. So I, yeah, that adds some depth to that to that lineup. And you know, you and I had had picked the Padres as a dark horse to maybe even win the World Series. So yeah, here we are. Yeah, absolutely. And um, yeah, I mean, uh, I guess one of the players they traded away was one of your favorites, um, Ty France. Yeah, yeah. He just never got on the field. Maybe it's I, it's good for him that he goes to a team like Seattle where he can get some at bats. But yeah, you know what? I, I hope I hope so. Seattle's playing a lot of young 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 players, and yeah. you know Ty France did he, did he hit almost hit four hundred last year? Now that was in the PCL, but yeah, you know, he did. Still, yeah. Still, yeah. I mean, obviously the guy can hit. It's just he probably needs at bats, and he was getting he was playing he was starting and playing two games a week. It was probably he probably doesn't deserve to play over Machado or. Or Tatis or a second baseman is hitting 361, but yeah, yeah, he he needs some at bats. And then I saw the Marlins are adding. You know, the Marlins are buyers. They, they just traded for uh, who they just trade for. They just traded for someone. Um, let's see. Here. Marte. Uh, I think they traded for Sterling Marte. They got yep. They got Sterling Marte, and yep. they traded away Jonathan VR. Not in the same deal. Right. But um, yeah. Um, which is really interesting, right? Because Marte just went to the Diamondbacks. I know. Uh, this this spring. Yeah. So, but it it's been a while since the Marlins were adding at the trade deadline. So it's good. It's good. To, 
it's good to see that they think they're in the running for it. And it's good that they're taking a run at it. I know it's a short season, really doesn't mean much, but yeah, good for them, right? I, I absolutely agree. I, I am kind of shocked. You know, we're kind of getting ahead of ourselves, but I'm kind of shocked um, of the actual amount of, of, of player trades and movements of players in this in this season. I just thought um, most teams would kind of stand pat. Um, I'm completely shocked. It's yeah. good. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad because, yeah. um, you know, take, take this seriously and, um, you know, make it fun for the fans. Yeah. All right, so uh, those of you who are listening, Jamie and I talked about we're going to have a little different format. We're going to we're going to uh, split the bush league since this is a bush league podcast. Uh, we're going to split the bush league in the top and bottom half. And uh, your goal is to get me to stop talking about your team, right? Because why is that? Tell me why. I tell, am us, do- tell us why. I am doing the bottom half. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to review the bottom halves last week ish. Uh, uh, performance or lack thereof and Jamie's going to take the top part because quite frankly I've spent a lot of time in the bottom half and you've spent a lot of time in the top half it's just natural that we would split it this way wouldn't you say yeah that that yeah. works for me and um, you kind of stole my line because I was going to say listen I don't really want you talking about my team even though you will this week but uh, my goal was not to have you talk about my team uh, the remainder of the year we'll see yeah, we'll see, we'll see if you can if you can uh, get out of the out of the bottom half. All right, we're gonna start with Rick Lake, the Denogonizers. Uh Denogonizers yeah. made some uh, jump six points from last week. Uh, ERA dropped. He had an ERA of uh, th- this is it was the end of week six. He had an ERA at the end of week five at six point seven, which is pretty steep. He dropped it to a five point nine, which is still pretty steep, but it's six. It, he's it started coming down. He picked up Workman in the, not this week's fab, but the fab prior to that. The Phillies yep. traded from the, I can't remember where they traded him from. I uh, picked up three saves, which there is some move, there's some room to move in the save category. Uh, the, he had a good week. Jesse Winker hit four homers this week for him. That's a, that's a nice little, little seven day stretch. Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, Jesse Winker's been one of these players that, um, I guess for the last two or three years, right? That yeah. kind of after the the, the pro post uh, post hype, uh, kind of a post hype player, and um, yeah, he's had a nice year so far. He has, and uh, Trey Turner Turner started heating up. He hit five eighteen last week, and then you know we have those weekly standings. You know what I'm talking about where if you look at per period. So yes, I do. Yeah, Rick had sixty three and a half points for the. He was third in the in last week. Points, which means that his team is is definitely on the rise, and which brings me to my team, Crazy Joe Devolas. Um, boy, I, my pitching staff—I thought it was coming back, and it's it's still bad. It. Uh, well, let me start with the offense. I had three offensive players, three offensive players that had one hit last week, and play every day, play every day. Yeah, so that's a problem. Uh, Voth, the starting pitcher for the Nationals, I gave him another shot, which I shouldn't have. He he started on Saturday night and got the bejesus beat out of him. He has a seven. He had a seventeen point four ERA this week. That's up just a bit from last week, where his ERA was seven nine. So yeah, you know those those are the kind of things we, you know we had talked about yeah. this on last week's podcast that you know when you have these blow up starts. By, by, by pitchers, and it's even going to be magnified more this year. Um, it, it just hurts. It, it, you know, there, there's nothing more demoralizing than fighting back to get your ERA and, and, and whip back into respectable um, standing and then to have a blow-up start. Yeah, and it was a little frustrating because uh, I think it was Friday night, Eflin and Zensatella pitched 14 innings and gave up one run, so I'm thinking, all right, I'm, I'm making a turn here. Voth gets beat up on Saturday, and then Castillo gets beat up on Sunday. So, right back to where I started from. Um, my man, David Bodie, you were making fun of him a little bit a couple weeks ago. He, he had two round trippers, six ribs, two stolen bases, and a one-plus OPS this week. It's a nice little seven-day stretch. Overall, I dropped Yeah, I, 
I apologize to David Bodie because he beat up on the Cardinals pretty he well. Did. And, yep. um, you know, I'm sure he's listening to this podcast, and I'm sure he takes offense to that. So, I texted uh, you him. You know, my apologies to yeah. him. Yeah, I texted him. And then I dropped one, <laughs> I dropped one and a half points uh, to for a total of 33. Rick is right behind me. I'm hoping I can just stave him off, man. I got five weeks just to keep him at bay, but we'll see. Uh, so let's let's talk about that. Are you going to be able to stay out of? I mean, you you, you took a precipitous drop. Um, you know, we were kind of uh, kidding around two weeks ago when we talked to Rick, owner of the Denogonizers. I mean, he was down to what fifteen and a half points, five and a half pitching points, something like that. And good for him. You know, he had a strong Fab Week, and like you said, he uh, he, he had the second, uh, third highest amount of points last week so good for him for fighting back I'm, I'm sure he would like nothing more than the pass you yeah uh it's going to be close I mean his pitching is just as bad as my hitting and yeah it's 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 going to be real it's going to be real close uh, it's going to go down to the final week and it may <laughs> it really might and it may it may come just down to fab pickups to get guys in the lineup just to keep him at bay um I yeah so yeah, it, it's going to be close. Then we got here come the runs. Man, they dropped four and a half points back to eighth place. They had 30 points last week for the week. Um, his ERA was plus seven. Whip was 1.8 for the week. It was bad. All the while having Pablo Lopez on the bench. And Pablo had a good good outing this week. One win, 1.5 ERA, and a 1.17 whip. Pablo Lopez is pitching well, and he's sitting on the on the runs as uh, bench for the past couple weeks. Yeah, you know what? Um, it, it, it was uh, a really bad week for uh, for the runs and, and and Sam. And you know, I I, I texted him today. He is actually um, at Penn State um, on campus. Um, I guess doing both in person and online learning. And uh, he he's he's anxious to get back onto the. Uh, the podcast and kind of explain himself. <laughs> yeah, we will have him on in a couple of weeks. Yeah, uh, where he's isolated, where he should be, right in his dorm room. Yes. Yeah, we'll see. Absolutely. Uh, then we got the Ichiro's. You remember the old saying, "Addition by subtraction." Remember that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is the Ichiro's addition by subtraction. So they dropped three points overall and gained one point in the standings. So that's <laughs> that's how they that's addition by subtraction. Uh, Hoskins heating up for him a little bit. Knocked three homers. RBIs are up. Yelich is still hitting under 200, though, which is really kind of crazy. Yeah, you know what? When, when you had your first-round draft pick, no, no one saw, obviously saw this coming. I did. Uh, I didn't pick Yelich. him. You did. I, I didn't pick him. I could have pitched Yelich. I didn't all right, pick him. all right. I, I just thought it was a mistake on your part, that's all. <laughs> but, but obviously you proved this wrong. You know, good, good for you. I mean, you and your ninth place team—that that should make you feel good. I showed them. <laughs> so, so I, I guess I would wonder what would happen had you picked them up. Would you be oh, below Rick? I, I, yeah, probably. Yeah, he has, <laughs> he has eight homers. He's not going to runs. He's just—I mean, he's, he's, it sounds like he's going one for five every night. Um, and then the Ichiro's have—they uh, have Fam out until late September. That was a big hit. And Albie's is yeah. ho- hoping to come back this week. Uh, Kyder Cobb. Kai Boom got sent down to the minors. So all these young guys that he had that he was hoping to play, they're just not playing, coupled with Hoskins getting off to a really, really slow start. Yelich still on a slow start. Um, he, yeah, I mean, his bright spot is Trevor Bauer, and, and he's got some pitching. But other than that, yeah, he's going to be I, I guess there. Bauer uh, you know, had to come back to earth just a little bit. Right? He got touched up a little bit in, in, in his last yeah, start. But yeah. you know, overall, still still yep. phenomenal year. And then we come to Stan Zaddick, your team. I, Yay. So I, my note is the best of the worst. I'm sure that makes you feel good. You're up six points, though. <laughs> uh, you had... Well, remember I told you last week, I said I, once, number one, I get the Cardinals to start playing, and number two, because they started playing um, in the middle of last week, I, I missed some of those stats. I would be fine once I got everybody playing. And, and I think you saw that in the top three teams from last week. Yeah, yeah, you had 71 points last week, uh, which is uh, yeah, a nice little seven-day stretch. Some of the things I noted, uh, you had 15 homers. You're five homers away from fourth place, which is a big jump for you. So if you can 
kind of keep that pace, you you can make some ground there. You had 44 runs last week, so you're three runs from second place. So obviously there's some room for movement there. Uh, Schwarber and Hap, hate to say it, those Cubbies, man, banging out seven homers last week. Um, and then you picked up Ian Anderson. Maybe that will help in the win categories because you got some room to move there too. So your team, yeah, your team's not. So, so a couple. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's not. You you may be out of the bottom half by by this time next week. Yeah. Um, Maybe uh, in two well, weeks. Well, that's goal. That's goal number one, right? Yeah. Is never to finish in in the bottom half. I mean, my my goal obviously is to win every year. Although that's almost virtually impossible. Um, I would like to see if if I can sneak my way up into the money. And, um, you know, a week and a half ago, um, I, well, there's not really any kind of sellers, right? Because there's nothing to be picked up since we're not retaining any players that we trade. But one of the things I did do was I reached out to the top four um, mid last week. Okay. And asked them, uh, I said, hey, listen, guys, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and trade off some top shelf pitching. Do, um, is anybody interested? Because I'm, I'm looking for hitting. And um, now that, that Bill's boys have moved up, I've included him in that discussion. So um, um, I, I, I'm actually would, would, would look to move um, either Walker Bueller or um, Clayton Kershaw for a top-notch bat. So there, there you are. I'm out there. It's out there. Well, what, I mean, Walker Bueller is scheduled to come back this week. Yeah, and he didn't get off to a good start, but maybe he was hurt when he pitched. Yeah, um, uh, you know, he could be a top-notch starter. If people don't want to take that risk, you know, one of the things I've learned from you is kind of offer people a couple different choices. Let them, you know, let them make the choice. Um, I I didn't get any responses. You know, I didn't expect one from Tom because I think I actually used um, technology like um, texting. So I really wasn't expecting to hear too much from him, but I didn't hear anything from the other top owners so maybe, we'll maybe, see yeah maybe they were waiting for the major league trade deadline to see what was going on yeah but but you know what only one person is going to win the clevenger sweepstakes this week and you know um yeah i guess maybe then people will come calling yeah and then you got gavin lux back on the dodgers yeah so yeah. I, I i think i have an, enough offensive people that are actually playing now so um, yeah, I'm 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 ready to uh, I'm ready to make that move. Yeah, yeah. All right, go ahead. You got the top half. Yeah. So in, in the top half, going from five through one, you know, um, the CBS Sportsline um, pick of the year, uh, Cindy Studs uh, dropped six points, um, and this was despite the the league leading. I, I think they had four saves, and two of those came from from Daniel Bard, and I. You know what? For the life of me, I don't know how he came to acquire Daniel Bard. I don't know. Was that during the the, the, the draft? Was that in fab? I can't find it anywhere. So, um, interestingly enough, while he had the four saves, um, last week his team ERA was um, close to the runs. Um, they were 6.32 ERA and a 1.45 whip. And, you know, as we talked about, Raj, um, one bad start yeah. really – hurt you and yep. Garrett Richards last week <laughs> six earned runs six earnings in two-thirds of an inning and, and that's just a killer that, that that can just bring down your whole week um I'm kind of surprised by 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 the studs their um their, their team is just I I don't know I, I don't I don't know if they have enough to I guess this day and age anybody in the top five way has a chance at this but um I guess we'll see what they do what are your thoughts uh, I, I'm I'm with you on I don't know if he has it. it his team has it. To uh, I mean I, he, he's he's a top half. That team is definitely top half. I just don't know if if yeah, he I don't think he can win this thing. And I think he's going to struggle to stay in the money. But he'll finish okay. in the top top five. Um, yeah, I, I'm looking at it now. I mean. Yeah, he he was definitely a benefactor of the Phil Goslin, uh, for some reason finding his swing in the middle at the end of his career. Um, but I don't know if he has the pitching to kind of hold out. Yeah. So I, I agree. With you. Yeah. So so that brings us to uh, the fourth place team, uh, the Hawks. Yeah. And 
they're an interesting team. It is. You know, they, they are one of those teams that does a lot of chirping, don't they? <laughs> yeah, he is on. <laughs> boy, he's he's banging on CBS Sports Line a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yikes. <laughs> so anyway, he, he his team really hasn't moved anywhere. You, you would expected him to be. Um, uh, I expect him again, like like Cindy Spuds, to, to to be a top half team. I don't know if they have enough to uh, to push them over the top. Um, last week they were last in both runs and in OPS, so they had a really tough um, offensive week. Um, they did lead the league in with, with, with four wins and a 3.32 ERA, um, and, and they just have some really good pitching. You know, uh, Burns, Darvish, yeah, um, yeah, Kwang Hong Kim from the Cardinals and Flaherty. Uh, those four pitchers <laughs> threw 28 innings last week and only gave up one earned run. So, you know, the lack of offense was offset by by their pitching. And you know, we talked to to, to, to Bob um, earlier this this, this year um, about uh, Darvish, and I think actually since that first bad start of the year, he, Darvish has been really good. Yeah, he's six and zero since his first start. Yeah, yep. Yeah, and uh, yeah. So, uh, and and the two Cardinals, Kim and Flaherty, both both look really good. Um, and he's picking uh, up saves in, from Jeffress. Say again? He's picking up saves from this Jeremy Jeffress, too, for the Cubs. He's picked okay. up a couple saves yeah. from him. Yeah. I, so I, we'll see We'll see if he, you know, if, if, if he can do anything. He probably is not a great trade candidate um, for me because he has pitching, and I'm not really looking for, for pitching. I'm, I'm trying to make some offensive noise. But, um, yeah, I, I think he's kind of – I think he's kind of middle of the pack looking to make, you know, um, finish – in, in the money, I just don't know if he can can win. Uh, yeah, no, I don't think he can win it either. But yeah, I think the he biggest surpri- finishing the money. Biggest yeah. surprise this this week, yeah, is um, Bills boys, and we had him on what two weeks ago, three weeks ago, and um, he was in second to last last week. He 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 gained eleven and a half points this week, and. Um, Man, his team offensively was was on fire. You know, led the league in in, in home runs, RBIs, OPS. Yeah. Machado, Christian Walker, um, friend of the Space Otters, Christian Walker. Um, um, Rizzo, nine home runs, twenty three RBIs combined. Um, so really good offensive week. He only had um, on the pitching side, only had thirty two Ks, and eleven of those came from from Max Scherzer, and that could have really been more of just just how his pitching lined up last yeah, week. Yeah. But um, nice, nice move by by Bills boys. Do you think that you, they have it in them to to win this thing? Well, I I think he's probably maxed out like offensively because those guys were running. They, they were running at a pretty good clip for two weeks. Machado, Walker, Harper, McCutcheon, like woke up here. Um, Markakis is still rolling along. I I think he's maxed out on the on the offense. He needs a pitcher. That's what I think he needs. Yeah. But, yeah, his offense is, is really good. And if he, can, if he can find some pitching, yeah, I think, I think he has a shot. At, do you think he has a shot at winning it? Well, um, as I told him already, Clayton Kershaw is, is out there. So, you know, call me maybe. <laughs> Thank you. For that, <laughs> um, yeah. So, so uh, you, we're getting down to the top two, and Lenny's landmine um, lost two points. But, but you know what? They're still holding steady, and this, despite the fact that you know they have four players on the IL slash paternity leave, and you know that being uh, Mejia, the catcher from the Padres, David Dahl, um, Austin Slater, who I thought was going to be a really good pickup that he had in Fab. And, and Brian Reynolds, who just hasn't been able to get on track yet. Um, but um, what about the landmines? Do you think they have a shot at winning this thing? We talked about him. I don't know if it was the last week or the week before. I don't know if he has the pitching to make any moves, but he has the money to to get Clevenger or pick up another offensive player and swap him for a, for a pitcher. He's going to lose Robbie Ray, which is probably good. <laughs> It saved yeah, him right. To save him from himself. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but he, I mean, his best pitcher is Aaron Nola, and um, then after that, it's 
It's not real good. It, uh, Jake Arrieta is bad. Kendricks is average. Lester's average to bad. Robbie Ray was really bad. So, yeah, I, I, I don't know if he has the pitching. Yeah, in fact, even I think the Hawks or, or Bills boys can actually pass him if they get okay. some pitching. Okay, all right. Yeah. So, so are, are you projecting him to be in, in heavy on the uh, Mike Clevenger sweepstakes this week? Uh, I would if I were him. I don't know if he has the money to do it. Uh, so the Hawks. Well, 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 let's let's, the, let's just take a look. The Hawks have eighty four. The, the person with the most money who has who has the hammer here. The Hawks um, have like eighty four. Have the hammer. And then the here come the runs eighty one. Each row seventy eight. The landmine seventy one. So, okay. Yeah, he doesn't uh, unless someone doesn't go after a uh, pitcher. But I think. Case would, and I think probably Sam would. Before they go after um, those I, I know because from playing in the Republic League, which is a mixed league, um, I, I know the player or the owner that 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 loves Mike Clevenger is our next owner, and that's the Voracious Squirrels. He okay. is a huge Mike Clevenger fan because I made fun of him two years ago, and um, um, yeah, um, Squirrels um, lost six and a half points last week um but they're, they're still hanging on they're uh i, I, I you know what I, I i think it's going to come down to uh i think it's going to come down to the squirrels landmines and bills boys um the squirrels last week um had an average offensive week um and and uh, again they probably suffered from the fact that on the pitching side they only had um five games started but somehow he just continues to 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 win games. Um, uh, in his five starts, he had three wins. And I think for me, I need about 20 starts to get three wins. Um, <laughs> he, he had the league uh, lowest 31 Ks. But again, I think that's due to the number of starts. But he had the uh, the, the best ERA at 2.62. Um, but, you know, he talked about in the podcast before, he talked about his pitching and how he thought his pitching was, was going to hold up. And... So far, so good. Yeah, no, I, I, his pitching's fine. Yeah, that that's not. I don't even think he needs to make a move. I don't think anyone can pass him, and when he, I don't even think he needs to make a move. Yeah. So, so, so right now, where are we? We're we're about just a, a, a tad bit over halfway through this the season, and what we got like four more weeks, four more fab periods, five more fab periods. Yeah. Is yeah. that right? Yeah. yeah. We, so. We, yeah. You know, it, 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 I think a lot of it is going to be because we're, we're getting dangerously close. Uh, we're getting toward the end of the runway, right? Meaning that, you know, the Cardinals are going to get going to play a massive amount of, of doubleheaders, which is probably going to hurt me because players aren't going to play both ends of the doubleheader. But um, I, I think from a scheduling standpoint that as we get closer to the end of the season, if, if there are COVID outbreaks, it, it, it just might be tougher to reschedule a lot of those games. Yeah, um, you make a good point about the doubleheaders because you always lose at bats, unless unless you're my team because I have the backups for most of those, so I gain at bats. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's always good to know. Yeah, there's hey, always the other side talk, of that did, coin. Did, did you want to talk? Did you have any other thoughts about uh, our, our our standings review? Any other uh, thoughts on any of the owners? Uh, yeah, I, Bill's. Bill and Bob Kirk have the most interesting teams with all these guys coming over. And although Bill doesn't have the money to buy who he wants, it it forces someone like Case or or um, Sam who can buy one of those pitchers and then ask if, you know, Bill can knock on their door to see if they're interested in trading them. Um, I, I really think his his offense is maxed out. I I like I, I don't think those guys can play any better for another five weeks, um, but Bob's team is is kind of weird. I, I I think he has a shot to move up if he gets a, so, so one of those picks. Let, let me ask you a, a, a question because this this is not a normal year. Um, in, in a normal year, um, every owner has the opportunity. If they don't think that they can win this particular year, they can kind of strengthen themselves for the following year to get players that can be retained. But but this year we, we did away with it, and, and that makes perfect sense. So for, for someone, let's just say, um, like yourself, 
Um, what's the incentive or is there incentive to make trades? Like, do you really think that there's enough there for you to make a trade so that you can advance your team? And what are you trying to advance toward? Well, I mean, I, I think always making your team better is the goal. No. Okay. So no, no, I'm just asking. Yeah. So, so you're okay. Yeah. You're okay making a trade. If, if, if you can even move up a couple of points. Um, yeah, in fact, someone called me, or not called me, texted me yesterday about a starting pitcher. And I made an offer. Um, he didn't respond. Oh, he responded in, in a sense that, all right, yeah, I got where, your framework of thinking here. Um, but I think he's waiting. He was waiting on today to see who came over. So, yeah, I'm, I, I, would, make, I would make a trade. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Because right, right now, you know, where, where my head's at is I, I don't think I have a shot at, at winning this damn thing. But, hey, I would certainly like to get into the money. And, you, you know, probably the biggest motiva- motivator is getting out of the bottom half. So if I can incrementally move my team, um, I'm going to do so. Yeah, and a lot, of these, a lot of these stats, there's room for movement here. Maybe not in the yes. ERA and the whip. Because you know, when I was talking about Bill being stuck, stuck here like his era is 4.27 427 well the, the next person in front of him is a 369 that's a lot of movement for five weeks right yeah 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 it is you know we, we have to run the math yeah but 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 yeah doable. i mean you have to have some really good outings right whereas strikeouts i mean you you add another starting pitcher to your roster and you can move up just because you'll have more innings pitched I mean, if the guy's good, you know, you got a guy like Clevenger, you might not affect your ERA greatly, but it will it will move you up in strikeouts. <laughs> well, you know, let, let's let's keep in mind that you know, even if you can move yourself up in what we'll call um, rate categories, that being WHIP and uh, ERA, if you can move up just a couple um, of, of 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 points, um, other teams could also um, experience the um, Garrett Richards. Um, outbreak, if yeah, you will, and, absolutely. and have blow-up starts and, yep. and push you down. So, you know, you never really know. It, it, it's not just you um, having to have nope. uh, great outings from a pitcher. It's, it, you know, the, it can't be done just in a vacuum. No, yeah, it, it, yeah. you, you got to have guys moving or teams moving backwards too. And, yeah, that certainly can happen, yeah. Um, but, yeah, it, it'll be interesting. We'll see in the next two weeks if we have a two-team race or a three- or four-team race. Yeah. All right. Yeah. You want to talk about Fab a little bit? Yeah, go ahead. You start off. Yeah, so uh, the, the first two or three weeks in, in Fab, now that we know it's running Saturday night, a um, couple of things. Number one, um, CBS has locked us out of changing the Fab dates because um, we had put Saturday and Sunday because we were having problems the first week. Um, we went back to check, and we, we can't change the fab dates. So what I would ask each owner is, after Saturday, um, don't make any, don't put your fab in for the following week because it will pick up in a fab run on on Sunday. And you know, I texted everybody last last night uh, to make sure. But um, previous couple of weeks, we had um, about 20, uh, roughly 20 selections. Um, in the last couple of weeks, last week it was down to to 11 um, selections, uh, cut in half, and and I imagine that um, this week, because of the trading deadline, that will go back up. But uh, um, I had the biggest bid, um, Ian Anderson um, of the Braves at $11, and I think you told me on the uh, um, the the, the, the uh, pre-show that um, you bid $10. For I did, yeah. A bit okay, ten, so yeah. my so my spy software is working. It is. <laughs> All right, perfect. Yeah, perfect. Is that where you you, and, you bought that off of eBay from the Astros? Is that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, it was part of their fire sale. I think they called it a trash can sale or something. <laughs> yeah, um, those boys. I actually had four fab selections. He spent a lot of money, but you can see he's starting to uh, maneuver his way in here. So, um, yeah, it's. Um, it, it was interesting. What did, what did you see out there? I think you had, what, two, two uh, fab I, picks last I week? did. I picked up Josh Harrison, and um, I actually put a bid in for Ross Stripling, too, but Bill outbid me for him. Um, I think I had a dollar bid in for Matt Joyce. He got picked. Um, 
and I think I think that's all I did. I, uh, well, it's a good thing I got Harrison because Ty France got traded today. So, yeah, that was that was a good thing. Um, yeah, it, it, and and the the prices are dropping a little bit, and I wasn't sure what Ian Anderson was going to go for. Did you think you'd have get him at eleven? Did I think I was going to get him at eleven? Yeah. Um, I no, I did not. Okay. Um, I I, I, I thought that's about as high as that I really wanted to go with uh, the number of weeks left. Um, I was actually kind of surprised that I did because I had backup bids. Um. Uh, for, for the position that I let go, and I was actually surprised when I woke up uh, Sunday morning. And I didn't wake up early Sunday morning to see that because I had no expectations of, of, of getting that. I'm sure I wasn't the only one that bid um, for Ian Anderson. I'm sure there was a lot. He, yeah, he, he yeah. seemed to be the best of the bunch out there last week. Is that true? I would I would argue that. Yeah, I think Bill, yeah. and, and I was doing the same thing, just took a flyer on Ross Stripling just to see. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I picked up Adam Kolarik. He's a reliever for the Dodgers. I think my goal is to get, I get guys who don't pitch, and maybe my ERA will drop a little bit. Or like, or like you said, get get players that are going to play in the second half of the doubleheader as a pinch runner or pinch hitter. <laughs> <You're> right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's hey, funny. You, you, you know today is the, the trading deadline, and we're, we're talking here as of, what, about 451 on, on, on that Monday? Um Couple, uh, couple interesting players coming over. We've we've talked about Mike Clevenger, but um, do you want to talk about some of the others? Yeah. So we got Moreland coming over from the Red Sox, going to the Padres, right? Okay. Allen. That, wait, that's not Keith Moreland, is it? No, it's Mitch. Sorry. Okay. Yeah, I'm uh. glad. Anyone who's stuck in 1983, no, it's not Mitch Moreland, <laughs> or it is Mitch Moreland, not not uh not Keith. Uh, then we got Allen coming. He came over from the Indians, right? Correct. Yeah. And then your man Jose Martinez got traded to the Cubs this afternoon. Yeah, that's that's a shame because all he does is hit, and to, to see him with the uh, the Cubs will just bother me. And the Cardinals still have five more games against the Cubs. I just have a feeling he's just going to destroy the Cardinals. <laughs> uh, and then there was another trade. David Phelps went from the Brewers to the to the uh, Phillies just now. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's not coming over, but there was another trade. Uh, and then, okay. and then the we lose uh, Josh Naylor. He was yours. Yeah, you know what? I had Josh Naylor. I dropped him, picked him up. You know, now I'll, I'll drop him again. Uh, you, you talk about just a waste of money from my standpoint because um, I've spent all this money on him, and I don't think I ever had him on my active roster. So you know, <laughs> or, or if I did, it was just a week. So it was it was a complete bust on my part. And then we got Quint, uh, Quantrell. That's not Paul Quantrell. Who was that? No, see, this this, this is how, how, how we're old, right? We, you know, all their sons and grandsons are now coming into the league. That's Cal Quantrill from the, the Padres. Okay. Uh, Robbie yeah. Ray, who we mentioned earlier that it's probably doing the landmines a favor. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and then and then VR, who was, was pulling some decent stats for uh, Cindy Studs, but, you know, that, that, that train ran out. He... Who did he get dealt to? Um, I, he went to the Blue Jays, but you know what? Let me just let me just take a look at Jonathan VR because he's put up some really good stats, but he doesn't seem to stick anywhere. And do you know why that is? I mean, in in fourteen and fifteen, thir- no, thirteen through fifteen, two thousand thirteen through fifteen, he was with the, the the Astros, and then in sixteen and seventeen, he was in Milwaukee. Um, and part of 18, and then he went to Baltimore, and then now to, to Miami. What's going on with this guy? In Milwaukee in 16, he had 62 steals. And he seems to be a person, at least from a fantasy standpoint, that just fills up the stat sheet. Yeah, actually, I drafted him the year he was with Milwaukee, and then they traded him to Baltimore. Um, I don't get the guy, to be honest with you. I, I, don't, I don't know why he he can't find a spot. I mean, last year he stole 40 bases in 162 games. Yeah. And, and he, only, he, he played, he played every game last year. <laughs> yeah. He hit 274. Um, he hit 24 home runs. So I, I don't, I don't get why he doesn't stick anywhere. Yeah. That's my point. Yeah. I, I don't. And he was a Philly actually. Yeah. He was, uh, he was in the Roy Oswald trade, I think. So that's where he started. Oh, okay. Yeah. Of course, we didn't need him at the time. 
you know, you got Utley there. He, I mean, there's no play he was going to play. So, and he was young. So, yeah, I, I like VR. I, I think he's a good, yeah, he's a good, decent player. I, uh, yeah, I, I like him. He can do a lot when he gets well, on the bases. Well, but by picking up the uh, Robbie Ray and Jonathan VR, hopefully the Buffalo Blue Jays can uh, can make it into the playoffs because <laughs> they're, you know, they, they've got a lot of good position players uh, coming up. Um, and, um, you know, it'll be, it, it'll be fun to see. Well, with uh, with Robbie Ray coming over, it's a good thing the Blue Jays can hit. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? For these pitchers, maybe a change of scenery, maybe somebody knows something in their mechanics and makes a slight, you know, tweak. Because the guy has always had the stuff. I mean, his his K per nine has always been outstanding. But the problem has been is just he's been erratic, right? His his, his yeah. command. Um, yeah, he's had one good year. Uh, he was fifteen and five in two thousand seventeen with Arizona. Uh, last year he was twelve and eight, but his ERA was a little high, four three. And this year it's just it's just been a, it's bad. He's got off to a rough start. <laughs> All right, uh, so we got baseball news. Lucas Giolito throws a no hitter against yeah. the Pirates. Well, that's not surprising. <laughs> against the Pirates. <laughs> You know what? That's really become a, a recurring theme on this show, right? Because uh, two podcasts ago, you you, you talked about um, how long it had been—what fifty some years—the Pirates had thrown uh, a, a no hitter at, um, at, at their home ballpark. Yeah, yeah. And then we talked about Bob Gibson throwing uh, a no hitter against the Pirates on uh, uh, today in baseball, and and now Giolito uh, throws a no hitter against the Pirates. Yeah, and he was a. Uh... He was a first-round pick for the Nationals, and it took him a – I don't even know if he's still pitching well. He was traded for Adam Eaton a few years ago. Um, yes, yep. And he, he really hasn't had a breakout year. Last year he was 14-9. and nine. This year he's pitching really well. He's only 3-2, and two, but he's got a 3.09 ERA. Um, he's got five decisions and seven starts, so he's staying in games. Yeah, he's got a complete game and a shutout, and that was the no-hitter. But, yeah, I mean, he's supposed to have really good stuff. He just hasn't shown anything yet. Well, I, I think last year was was his uh, was his breakout year because, you know, 14-9, 29 starts, um, 3.43, uh, wait, 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 3.41 ERA. Yeah. Uh, his FIP, his, his FIP, which I know you like to look at, was 3.43. Well, that's good. Um but but he, he was he was sixth in the, the Cy Young Award voting last year and, and was an All Star for the White Sox. Yeah, I mean it. It's just taken him a little bit to get there. Of course, he's. I mean, he's only twenty six years old, so it's not like he's twenty nine. You know, there's a big yeah. difference between twenty six and twenty nine. Um, and then you had an interesting fact who he was high school teammates with. Yeah. So uh, he in, in high school. Get this. Um, he was teammates with Major League Baseball pitchers Max Fried and Jack Flaherty. They all played at Harvard Westlake in Southern California. I don't think that they uh, were, were all the same year. I want to say that uh, that uh, Giolito was the oldest, then Fried, and then Flaherty. But you know, if you had those on your Major League staff. You'd have a you'd have a heck of a, a, a rotation. Can you imagine that, having that in high school? <laughs> yeah, and I'm looking at uh, Harvard Westlake right now on Baseball Reference. And 2012, the Padres picked Max Fried at number seven. That same year, the uh, Nationals picked Giolito at number 16. So they had okay. two in in the first round of a high school team. High school. High that's, school. That's incredible. Yeah. And I'm yeah. actually reading a book now, um, and it talks about how general managers, half of them in the league, don't like pitching, picking high school pitchers in the first round, and half of them do. And the, I guess there's more that, that are not good than there are than there are that are actually productive major leaguers. So it where, is. Where do you fall in the argument? Um. I don't know. I don't know enough about high school pitching and 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 how it. The, the The argument in the book is it's risk reward. It's a real high risk with a real high reward, but you know, I, I, I the argument for 
that major league general managers take them is college coaches don't wear them out. So you okay. you get them before colleges wear them out. But the other side is they're still growing, they're still developing physically, and they end up getting hurt. You know, that would be a, uh, an interesting question uh, for, for Joe Godry that we had on the podcast yeah, in, in terms of um, use and, and how he, um, at Villanova, how he used his pitchers. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that would be an interesting. Maybe I'll reach out to him. But, yeah, that, that's the premise of that chapter in the book. You know, for every Clayton Kershaw, there's, you know, 10 guys you've never – there's David Clyde's. So, yeah. For those of you who are younger than 30, David Clyde was the number one overall pick in the 70s and pitched – what did we talk about? Pitched like eight days after graduation <laughs> in the big league. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, right. And then uh, Aloy Jimenez hurts his ankle in the celebration of – uh, the aforementioned no hitter. It was it bad. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it was a weird celebration, right? Because there's, uh, you, you know, obviously they they tried to, to socially distance. So I'm not really sure how he hurt his ankle. And this is an, an empty stadium celebration. So um, I, I haven't checked back up on uh, Eloy Jimenez, but uh, <laughs> I guess it's, he's not the first player to be hurt in a celebration. Yeah. No. Uh, and then I sent you that that video of John Birdie's bear crawl steal of home. That was the craziest thing I've ever seen. That was the weirdest play, right? Because he stumbles on his steal of home, but um, it was against was it against the Mets. It was, yeah. I think it was against the Mets, and, yeah. and they ended up botching it anyway. And he, he, you know, he got the steal of home. So it wasn't the it wasn't the greatest of plays, but uh, uh, hey, it, it, it's a stolen base for uh, for Stan Zarek anyway. Yeah, that's right. Uh, speaking about the Mets, they got shut out in both games of a doubleheader against the Marlins last week. Ay, ay, ay. That's, that's really tough to do. Oh, isn't yeah. It? To, yeah. To get no, no, uh, no runs in. Well, you know, it was only 14 innings uh, worth of baseball, so it, it, at least it wasn't 18. Well, it's still pretty bad. <laughs> 14 innings. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, I guess A-Rod's out of the Mets. Mets uh, buying the find the team picture yeah mercifully and uh you know uh, we don't we'll, we'll find something else to uh to pick on him about oh yeah just be patient he'll rear his head yeah <laughs> uh then we got your your man adam wainwright throws a complete game on his 39th birthday yeah uncle charlie man he was looking really good he gave up two first inning runs yesterday and then man he he had he had the um Oh God! Who was who were they playing yesterday? Uh, the Indians. Uh, he had that, their their timing off so much. Um, he he induced so much weak contact yesterday. It was it was just good to see. It, you know, it was like vintage Wainwright back in the uh, uh, you know the the, the early two thousands. Um, what a good what a good person. Uh, what a good pitcher and a better person. Yeah, that's a nice little nice little outing by him. And he he can still he's still effective. You know, he he figured it out over the you know over his course of his career. He's he's still an effective pitcher, and I actually like watching the guy pitch. He's he's kind yeah. of fun to watch. He's a true he's a true pitcher, not a thrower. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and then you know we we had these rule changes. Uh, you wanted to bring up for the 2020 season uh, with these seven inning doubleheaders in the National League DH. Uh, what, what, yeah, are your, what are your thoughts I, I, on the I want to get your opinion. Because, okay. Well, uh, let me ask you because you, you, you know you're, you're you're the baseball purist, right? And uh, you know I'd like you to take it from two viewpoints. Number one, you know how do you like it this year, and how do you like it going forward? And let, let's start first with seven inning doubleheaders. How do you like it this year, and what are your thoughts for um, continuing with that? I I I think it was a great idea to get more games in without taxing the players any more than they had to. I mean, playing the okay. doubleheader is difficult in in the first place. It's it's just mentally difficult. Uh, and when you're not used to it, you know, some of the younger guys are because they do it in the minor leagues, but they rarely do it in the big leagues anymore. And it's, it's, it's a difficult task to uh, sit for an hour and a half, close to two hours, sit for another 35 minutes, and then get yourself ready to play a second game. And it's... It's just as difficult to play the first game, wind down mentally, and then get yourself cranked up to go ahead and play a second game. That was one of the biggest struggles I had when I got to college 
is nine inning games and double headers. I, I, okay. I struggled with it, knowing that it's like the seventh inning, and I'm thinking, oh shoot, I gotta, I gotta keep going out there. <laughs> we got two more full innings to play, and yeah, it was a little difficult. So, moving forward, I, I would hate the idea. You know, as a traditional baseball season, I, I would hate okay. the idea. Yeah. All right. So, so, so let me ask you the big one here. Um, N, uh, NL uh, designated hitter. What do you think about it this year and moving forward beyond 2020? Right. So I tolerate it this year. That's the best way to explain it. Like, I, I tolerate it. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't know why they put it in. Maybe to generate offense. Maybe to generate fan. I don't know why they put it in. But I I can tolerate it. Moving forward, I think it would be ho- horrible for the National League. And I'm, <coughs> excuse me, I'm still a believer that I wish we had two different commissioners. We, as in baseball, I wish there were still two different commissioners because it's traditionally been two different leagues, and I thought baseball was very unique in how they dealt with that, where they had an American League commissioner, a National League commissioner, American League umpires, National League umpires. I thought it was the most unique thing in pro sports it, because it was a different league when it came in, and they kept it that way. It would be almost like if they kept the AFL as a separate league and at the end of the year played the Super Bowl against the NFL. You yeah. know, where the uh, NFL assimilated the AFL into their culture. I, I just thought it was right. cool. I, I just thought it was cool that American League umpires were red sport coats for some reason. <laughs> when they when they were and they had the big chest protector and chest, chest protector on the outside, yeah. Yeah. So uh yeah, there was different intricacies of the game, and, and I, I liked it. And if the National League came back with a DH, I would just be – I would be disappointed. You, you, you realize that that is going to be one of the bargaining tools in the next well, the 2021 CBA, don't you? I, it, 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 it's around the corner. It's going to happen. I do, but if, if I was part of that negotiating tool, I, would, I okay. would say, all right, you can have the DH, but I want American League umpires to wear the red sport coat. Or the moons. <laughs> that seems fair. <laughs> yeah, and I want an AL and an NL on their hats. I don't want to see MLB <laughs> on it. And I want two different commissioners. Yeah, so that that's what I would – I'd say, all right, I see we're going that way. I'll change the times. But I want to go back to the maroon sport coat for the Berkeley Fair guys. Fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. Yeah. Hey, what's happening today in baseball? All right, we had some really cool stuff and one crazy thing. 1957, Oriole minor leaguer Steve Dalkowski never played in the big leagues. Steve Dalkowski loses 9-8 to eight in his pitch game. He completed, completed the game. Uh, 24 strikeouts, 18 walks, four hit, <laughs> four, four hit batters, and six wild pitches. Wow. Um, you know – I guess I wonder if they were the home team or the visiting team because with 24 strikeouts, it's possible he struck out everybody in the lineup. <laughs> and it sounded like he walked everyone once as well, some of them twice. <laughs> so and, you know that's 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 my first observation. And if it said two walks, excuse me, two strikeouts and 18 walks and four hit by batters, it would look like uh, Tom's line in wiffle ball <laughs> pitching. Yeah, and 12 homers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There you go, Tom. I'm sticking it to you right behind your back. Because yeah, I know you're not yeah. listening. Well, you know, he doesn't listen to this podcast. So, right. You know, screw him. You That's know, right, we'll man. talk about him all we want. Everybody else can text him and let him know what we're saying about him. So you bring up a good point, and I'm going to do some digging this week to see if I can find a box score on that. And, and Okay, I yeah, will too. Yeah. Um, 1990, Ken Griffey and Ken Griffey Jr. are the first father-son team to be on the same in the same lineup. So That's pretty cool. Um, you know, as a dad, that's got to be so, so gratifying, you yeah. know, and they played together a couple of years, right? Or was it just that one year? Do you remember? Uh, I think it might've been just that one year, but yeah, I, I okay. can't remember And that's when, um, yeah, they were in Seattle and, and, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Ken Griffey played to 1991. So yeah, no, they did it two years. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sweet. Yep. Um, and then lastly, uh, Red Sox general manager Tom Gorman trades Jeff Bagwell for Larry Anderson. Remember that trade? Yeah. <laughs> and 
And so does Larry Anderson. <laughs> yeah, he brings it up all the time. Yeah. Uh, the good thing about it was uh, Tom Gorman, Gorman refused to trade the players the Astros wanted. You want to know who that guy was? Yeah, who was it? Scott Cooper. Scott Cooper? I, I've never even heard of So <laughs> they wanted Scott Cooper instead of Jeff Bagwell? Yes. Wow, you talk about being uh, ser- uh, lucky and serendipitous. Yeah, so Scott Cooper played uh, about six years in the bigs, uh, Boston. He hmm. played a year in St. Louis. Where he, he don't had, remember him. He had 374 at-bats that year in 95. That was a Joe Torre years. You don't like talking about that. 95. Okay. Well, yeah. you know what? Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, any, anything post-Whitey Herzog was, was always tough, so. Well, yeah, until you got, what's his name? Yeah. Uh, okay, okay. Yeah. Well, you don't like LaRusso? Yeah, he was fine. He just wasn't Whitey Herzog. Sorry. No, you're right. Yeah, he wasn't Whitey Herzog. Yeah, he was. He was too cool. I don't, yeah, he was. <laughs> he was the start of you know, baseball. You need smart guys to to run the run baseball, not intuition guys. You know, uh, think, uh, yes, yes, yeah. yeah. Certainly, he's a Hall of Famer. You know, he went out. I mean, can you imagine? As you know, his last game that 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 he managed was uh, Game Seven of the 2011 World Series, and going off as a World Series champion. No better way to end your career, is there? Yeah, no, I, I, I wouldn't think there is any. Yeah, that's the best way to leave, leave your job. Yeah. Right at the. T- well, that's the way you left your job at the top, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, kind of, sorta. <laughs> I, I think it was more limping off with a torn hamstring or something like that. <laughs> Sneaking out the back. You, you gave me the old Taking the elevator down. The Jaws old, of life to pick me up. The old Irish exit. Oh boy. Just walked out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> nothing, nothing like a good Irish goodbye, is there? <laughs> All right, and then we're, what are we walking off with? Yeah, you know what? Um, it's got the uh, the news today that uh, John Thompson. Um, Coach of the Georgetown Hoyas, uh, first African American coach to win the NCAA tournament, uh, passed away today. Um, kind of legendary, right? I, I guess I didn't appreciate him. There was a period that I thought he was doing the wrong thing, but I kind of look back on on the things that he did and the advantages that he gave of, of a lot of inner city players that may not have had the opportunity and kind of created a. a a, a whole new, a whole new way of looking at uh, athletes, and I, I appreciate him uh, for doing that. Um, you're a big basketball fan. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah. So John Thompson was in the era of when I started watching college basketball on a regular basis. Like on a Saturday afternoon, I would watch it. A Sunday afternoon, um, once ESPN came, you know, he he was in the Big East, so I just loved watching the Big East play. Uh, yeah, I, I think what he did. Uh, for Georgetown, number one, because quite honestly, if John Thompson's not there, I don't know if I've ever heard of Georgetown, right? I'd so, agree with that. Yeah, um, He probably expanded their enrollment enormously just because of their basketball, because sports does that in, uh, for colleges. Uh, yeah, the fact that he took chances on kids that others didn't want to or, yeah, thought out of the box and, and how he recruited, I thought it was awesome. Um, yeah, I, I just thought he was a, he was a great coach, and yeah, and that was in an era when the Big East was had eight teams, and all of them were good. I mean, all of them were good. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. I mean, that Agreed. was a tough run to win that conference. Yeah, yeah, that was a that was a really tough run to win that conference. So, and, and, and if he's not in the Hall of Fame, oh, he uh, is. Basketball yeah. Hall of Fame, which yeah. I believe he is. Yeah, he should be. Yeah, he definitely is, and and he played for. Uh, um, he played for the Celtics, I think. He did. Yeah, Red Auerbach. He yeah. did. Yeah. So yeah, you play and for thing, you play for a, a Hall ahead. of Fame coach with Hall of Fame players, and then you go to this little college outside of Washington, and then boom, there you go. Right, just applied the same theories with his personality to it, and there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one of the things that also that I'd like to walk off with is a happy belated fifty fourth birthday 54. to the Chief. That's right. So I had a nice, nice, uh, nice birthday yesterday. Uh, got some gifts, and spent some time with family, and it, yeah, it was cool. Yeah, and it was a great day out Excellent. yesterday. Yeah, 
So it was it was good. Perfect. Yep. Perfect. And then we got the Derby. Got Kentucky Derby this weekend. Is that what you're walking off with? Let me hear something. Let's uh, hear some picks. Okay. This is what I'm going with. I'm going honor AP to win. Thousand words to show. And tis the law the favorite to to place. Or I'm sorry. I'm gonna go place thousand words show tis the law. Um and then I'm gonna, wow. I'm gonna make okay. a separate bet. I'm not a big gambler, but I'm gonna put five dollars across the board, which is basically about fifteen on a thousand words. It's a twelve to one odds, so it's a pretty good money line for a horse that that has won a little bit. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, you know what? I didn't look at your picks when, when I had done my Kentucky Derby uh, picks. And ju- just for uh, full disclosure to anybody that's listening, um, I get into horse racing for the three, uh, the Triple Crown events, and I know nothing about it. So please don't bet your money based upon my picks. <laughs> but I, I think there's going to be a, a, a bit of foreshadowing here. I'm going to pick um, a little bit of a long shot here to win. I'm going with King Guillermo, which stands for, uh, which is William in Spanish, uh, to win. Um, I'm going to go with Honor AP to place and Tis the Law to show. Yeah, so Tis the Law has won some money already. Uh, I think his his prize money for this year is over $1 million. And but he Aren't they the favorites? Yeah, and it's not a good money line. It's four to five. So, yeah, I mean, you got to bet a lot of money to win anything. Uh, and I think Honor AP is is not a good money line either. What, what Do you know what the money line is on – uh, King Guillermo, King William. I want to say that when I, when I saw its previous, it was like 12, 12 to one. Okay. Um, yeah. So that's good, right? Yeah. That's a good line. Yeah. All right. Um, next week, we we don't have any guests. No, we don't have anybody lined up, but maybe we can do something with some sound clips. Maybe we can reach out to to, to Sam. Um, just wanted to. Uh, to uh, reach out to everybody, um, the Ichiro's um, just texted everyone and, and had, had a great uh, little line here that I want to read. Uh, he says, how crazy is it that the Marlins are trading for all-star outfielders? <laughs> I know. Yeah. They're buyers, baby. They're buyers. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. And, and you know, I have, to, I have to ask for forgiveness before I leave as well because I said the Phillies would never win five out of seven, and they just won five in a row. Yeah, they're back in it. But of course, the five games prior, they lost. They lost five in a row. So. <laughs> Nobody remembers that. Yeah, but, yeah. But if the playoffs were today, they would be in. Yeah, they would. Yeah, and I, I think the Marlins would as well. Yeah. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. Uh, uh, that'd be nice to watch the Dodgers and the Marlins to open up. <laughs> oh man. That would be interesting. That would be interesting. All right. All right, Chief. I will see you next week. And uh, we will line up a, a guest. Yeah. All right. Stay safe. All right, champ.